global energy system is undergoing a huge transition, with the costs of renewable energy becoming more competitive versus traditional sources, along with increased public awareness and pressure. Renewable energy is becoming the mainstream energy source for many, no longer an alternative just for the progressive few. Listen each week as Brant Handley and Christian Crown, founding partners of Renew Executive Search, interview renewable energy and sustainability experts that are not only making a difference to the environment, but are also growing successful businesses. Listen and learn about what attracted these experts to renewables, why they've stayed in the sector, and how they are helping renewable companies create a better tomorrow. We know you'll enjoy these stories as much as Brandt and Christian enjoyed recording them. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are looking forward to you joining us as we dive deeper on how renewables are going mainstream. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Renew Energy, and he's also an advisor for several solar startup companies. He has extensive financial experience in the renewable energy industry and in the environmental commodities market. Before founding Renew Energy, he was the SREC trader in Project Finance Group for Solar City, which merged with Tesla in 2016. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on the podcast. This is uh, Benoit Thanjan. I'm the CEO and founder of Renew Energy. We're a consulting and development company based in the U.S. in Jersey City, New Jersey. We um, first got started in the business uh, with SREX, and that's an environmental commodity in the Northeast that we broker. We also do SREX management, where we manage about 12 megawatts worth of projects. Uh, we also source financing for projects, commercial, industrial, and utility scale. We do research on different markets, meaning state-level markets in the U.S., and we also develop projects as well, commercial, industrial, and utility scale projects, predominantly in New Jersey and New York. And I as well have a podcast. It's called the Solar Maverick Podcast, and we interview people within the solar industry, and we talk about solar and entrepreneurship. And I'm I'm excited to be one of the the first people that you interviewed for your podcast and congratulations on starting it. Thank you very much. And I can highly recommend your podcast for any listeners out there who's looking for more inspiration. But tell us, how did you first uh, get started in the in solar? What was your career path then? Yeah, so um, I my first work experience after I finished my MBA was uh, in the financial advisory service practice at Deloitte & Touche, which Christian, I know you're very familiar with. I am, I am. I started the same place, but in different cities. In different cities. Yeah, I know you were in, in was it was it Copenhagen or no? It was Copenhagen, yeah. And I was based in New York City and I was in their structured finance group. And then I was also um, in the energy practice. So I did an internship at Deloitte and the partner in the energy group, uh, she um, wanted me to, to work with her that summer. And it's interesting uh, because I actually spoke at the Deloitte and Touche renewable energy conference in november uh she uh now is the head of deloitte's renewable energy practice in the u.s so it's interesting how it's a small world what attracted you to the space it's um you've been there quite a while now yeah definitely so i have about uh now 12 to 13 years of experience in renewable energy and 15 to 16 years of experience in energy in general so i was at deloitte 
Um, and then I actually then trans went from Deloitte to, uh, to a renewable energy private equity fund called Ridgewood Renewable Energy. And basically, I helped analyze investments in renewable energy projects. We didn't actually invest in solar. It was uh, biomass, landfill, gas, hydro. Um, but I thought solar was going to be the next big thing. And that was about 10 or 11 years ago. I saw for my... You got that right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, more than actually I ever expected. I didn't think it was going to happen as quickly as it did, like the price declines that we're seeing, the efficiency that we're seeing. So I worked actually at a, at a national solar installer based in New Jersey called Vanguard Energy Partners that builds uh, commercial industrial and utility scale projects. They built over 120 megawatts worth of projects, and I uh, was part of their project finance group. Uh, doing pricing of projects, uh, responding to proposals. And it was, so it was a relatively small company. So did a little bit of everything as well. And then I um, went from there to actually Solar City, which is now part of Tesla and Elon Musk's yeah. company. So it was, um, I helped start their SREC trading desk. SRECs are a tradable commodity, big in the Northeast. And this was when they were a California-based company moving to the East Coast markets. So it was um, like amazing as well to see um, a company that was growing exponentially. And this was before it was a publicly traded company. And it was great too, because um, at that time, I was in the project finance group and uh, Lyndon Rive, who was the CEO of Solar City, was also head of uh, project finance. So I was able to spend a lot of time with him as well. So, and then after that, I started Renew Energy, which we've been in business for eight, eight years and we're purely focused on solar. And tell us a little bit more about what you do for your clients at Renew Energy. It depends. I mean, uh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the client. It depends what they're looking for. Um, it's interesting. We've helped actually a lot of international clients with um, moving to the U.S. markets So um, a lot we we've helped with uh, you know research on different markets, educating them on the markets, even helping them with uh, sourcing uh, land opportunities. Whether it was helping uh, originate those opportunities from other developers that we have a close relationship, or even helping uh, directly contacting landowners. So that's like one piece of it where we're partnering with other developers. Um, and then, you know, we're also as well uh, developing our own projects and we act as like a consultant for helping companies that are looking to go solar. You mentioned financing. Has the whole tax equity market been impacted by what's been going on? Yeah, so that's been a huge uh, um, impact to, to, the, to the solar market and to, you know, any... Uh, projects that technologies that qualify for the investment tax credit. So with COVID-19, you know, companies are uh, don't know what their taxable income or they might even have losses this year. So what we're seeing is like the tax equity commitments have decreased substantially, which is hurting the investment for solar. You know, I was actually working on a project where we were helping a developer. Uh, we ran a process for them to sell their project. And it happened in the beginning of COVID-19 and the investor changed the terms because they weren't sure whether 
they would have the tax equity in place. And so one of the things that we're you know, always asking about is whether they have already have the tax equity sourced or we're, we're preferring investors who have the tax equity on their own balance sheet, which makes a huge difference as well. You know, there's some legislation as well that SIA, which is like the National Lobbying Group and Solar and other solar advocacy groups are trying to push in the stimulus package to have uh, solar instead of this investment tax credit where it's um, like a taxable, you get a credit on your taxes to make it like a, a grant, which that would really open up the solar industry and make simplify the transactions. Yeah, and that's almost on the reverse where they used to have it as a grant, didn't they, early on? No, you're one of the veterans of this. Yes, yeah, so um, uh, it used to be a cash grant. And it was actually passed after the recession of 2000 eight in the U.S. It was a 1603 Arrera grant, American Recovery Reinvestment Grant, where they give, it was uh, by the President Obama's administration, and it basically gave a 30% cash grant to, uh, you know, solar projects. And that actually increased substantially the amount of construction at that time in the U.S. because of the grant. Might be sidetracking, but you actually met Obama, didn't you, recently? Yes. So that was um, very surreal to meet uh, President Obama. This That was actually almost two years ago. Um, and it was surreal because it was his first public appearance since he was not president. And I it was at someone's actually backyard in Beverly Hills at a mansion. It was a DNC um, uh, fundraiser dinner. And I actually had a seat right in front of him. He was speaking on the stage and there's like maybe 100 to 150 people. So it was, I was like, it was just amazing because when he was speaking, he was making eye contact and looking for confirmation. And then when we met after, um, you know, one-on-one, uh, obviously he remembered, you know, me sitting right in front of him. And we had a great conversation where it was talking about solar. It was surreal, I would say. Fantastic. And he was very pro-solar, as I remember it, right? He's very pro-renewable. So he was excited to talk about the solar market and solar industry. And um, he was very uh, friendly. You know, I was, uh, you know, nervous because obviously it's the president of the United States. So, uh, but he was was definitely um, great to talk to and a once in a lifetime experience. I guess he's used to people being nervous to talk to him. But coming back to sort of uh, the work you're doing in the solar sort of, um, how are you helping companies overcome the challenges they encounter in today's system? A lot of different uh, ways. I mean, it's um, you know we're we're educating if we're developing projects or we're doing uh, financial technical feasibility for clients. It's basically educating them on the incentives for solar, both the local and state tax incentives, and then um, really like bringing all the different pieces to the puzzle. And, you know, whether it be us or our partners uh, partnering together to to help them, for example, we don't do the uh, EPC related work. You know, we're involved in the development process. So we'll suggest EPCs or we'll help them uh, run an RFP process to vet the best EPC for their project, because um, even though solar is not a complicated install, you still want it to be built where it's going to last a long time that you're using tier one equipment 
so that's you know some of the ways at least that we're 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 adding value to our clients. Where do you see some of the biggest challenges today? So I think there's well, I think you mentioned one of the big challenges right <laughs> today is uh, is specifically you know like tax equity um, has been challenging. So financing of projects, you know what we've seen before COVID nineteen was there was a lot of um, capital for solar projects. Uh, now with the tax equity being limited, we think we might see less uh, less money for projects. So that could in- impact like the valuations for projects. One of the things is, uh, you know, right now, like solar energy is dependent on uh, state and federal incentives to uh, to basically be able to develop projects. But once solar becomes a grid parity, that means not dependent on incentives. I think you're going to see a lot more development of solar energy. You know, there's certain states that are at grid parity today. You know, I think um, it's California, Hawaii, Arizona, due to high solar irradiance and high energy prices. And I think uh, getting to grid parity is going to be, you know, a game changer for solar energy. And as we talked about, well, we already have in some states uh, in the U.S. for solar. We saw some wind farms go below grid parity or below sort of market prices in in Europe. Although maybe today sometimes driven by special circumstances. But do you think we are far away from seeing more grid parity, or is it two years, five years, or too difficult to say? Yeah, I mean that's really hard to say. I mean, I'm hoping at least in the U.S. I mean, which we're you know really focused on the U.S. market. That hopefully within five to ten years, it's at grid parity. Uh, just seeing like how substantial the costs have gone down and the efficiencies of the panels have gotten, and then also we're getting more experienced in de- developing and building solar. Also, soft costs as well are going down as well. So I think uh, I'm hoping in ten, five to ten years, and that that would really, you know, change things for the industry. Are there any sort of other obstacles that you're seeing in society, sort of uh, beyond cost, uh, permitting, et cetera? Yeah. Um, so uh, I think the I was kind of mentioning as well on for commercial industrial projects, one of the big yeah. sort of, um, I guess, the sort of things that hurt the development of the project is related to the roof. So solar is a long-lived asset that could last for 20 to 30 years. So you need a relatively new roof, uh, I would say like five years or less to install solar. So sometimes what's challenging is that you have to put like the economics related to a roof restoration or roof replacement on the cost of the solar. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We are seeing in certain situations where some financing parties are including like doing a roof upgrade and then including the solar and then basically offering them a discount to their electricity price or the same cost that they're paying. But they're also, um, they don't have to pay the capital expenditures towards a roof. So, you know, on the commercial industrial side, that's definitely, you know, something that we see pretty often. The other thing too, which I know this might be a little bit off topic, but people are more incentivized to go solar when they're paying for their electricity themselves. So when you have building owners who own the building and they're not paying for the building, they're renting the building, it's a lot more complicated 
to structure those sorts of transactions. The great thing that we've been seeing is like there's been an increase in the in community solar, which is um, you know basically uh, you can put solar on rooftops, obviously on land, and instead of like the occupant using the energy, you could also have sell the electricity to um, to residents or businesses in the service area of the utility. And that's allowing, uh, you know, solar companies to basically provide uh, solar leases to basically lease the roof and more attractive to building owners. As you know, we, at Renew Executive Search, we work with clients in candidates globally who are seeking to grow their business and careers by matching the best top talent with companies looking to grow their businesses. But what kind of qualifications do you think are needed to succeed in the renewable industry? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think the big thing is basically adaptability and flexibility and the willingness to learn. Uh, I think uh, the renewable energy industry is just changing so quickly and you just have to be adaptable and learn all the different parts and things are, you know, it's not just the technologies that's changing. It's also like the state level incentives, the federal incentives. Each state is different. Even financing as well is constantly changing. So I think it's really someone who's really adaptable and flexible and willing to learn. So have a really agile mindset and really not being afraid of sort of changes are happening all the time. Yeah, definitely. That That is key. When you've seen people fail in the sector, what are the typical reasons for that? I think it's it's the same things that I mentioned before. I mean, it's really like if you're looking for like if you're in the renewable energy sector and you're looking to do the same thing every single day and that you're you know, you have like a nine to five sort of job. I, I don't think, um, you know, it, it's the right environment because most of the renewable energy companies that we work with are, are very entrepreneurial. So things are in constant change and, and flux. And you have to really be adaptable to be really successful. And then you have to also learn things outside of, you know, what your job was supposed to be. I mean, so that you could add more value to the team. And lastly, sort of uh, what words of advice and counsel would you give for someone looking to grow their careers in the renewables or perhaps into the industry for the first time? Sure. I mean, I have two different um, advices for those two different types of um, a candidate looking to get into renewable energy, I would suggest, you know, try to learn as much as you can. Like, I think this podcast is a great opportunity for people to learn about the industry, you know, read as much as possible, uh, go to different conferences and networking events, really find like a mentor within the industry who could uh, guide you and potentially like make introductions to people to help you. Uh, make the transition into renewable energy. I think as well, like uh, someone in the industry, the same sort of things uh, that I mentioned, it's really to be successful. It's, uh, uh, you know, really taking on a lot of responsibility, continuously learning, um, building relationships, because all business is relationship driven. And no matter how much we go to, uh, you know, things being virtual, it's all about those relationships and being, you know, doing the best that you can and honest, trustworthy and doing a great job. Well, thank you so much for that advice. And thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And if you like the podcast, 
do give us a like and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Renewables Going Mainstream with Brand Hanley and Christian Crown, partners at Renew Executive Search. We hope you enjoyed hearing our renewable industry experts' stories as much as we enjoyed recording them. If you want to learn more about this fast-growing sector and learn how you can become more involved, please subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brand, Christian, Renewable Executive Search and the booming renewables industry, visit www.goforrenew.com. That's www.go4renew.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode of Renewables Going Mainstream.